0: Black Velvet Fairies is a fantasy, supernatural thriller podcast from the makers of The Blair Witch Project and one of the producers of Lord of the Rings. The podcast tells the story of a woman whose grandmother leaves her black velvet paintings of fairies, but not twinkly little sprites. These are grim warriors, kings and queens. As she investigates her family's history with the artwork, disturbing dreams and unexplained encounters pull her toward a dark and dangerous fairy world that some believe is real. Episodes drop on Tuesdays, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Fantasy Fangirls Podcast, where two sisters dive deep into beloved fantasy lore, characters, themed series, and... More. As we officially finish our fourth wing journey, wow, friends, we did it. This is officially the episode where we have completed our fourth wing journey before we move into Iron Flame. We have a really, really big and exciting announcement for you all. <laughs> Fantasy Fangirls is now officially on Patreon. You are incredible listeners, have launched this podcast into the spotlight and created the most engaged, enthusiastic community literally almost overnight like this is we have been doing this for six weeks nicole and i are just beyond grateful as this is quickly turning into our absolute dream job and in order for us to not only keep creating this content but create more of it at that high quality level you all know and love this is the best way that you can support the show so we created two tiers for our patreon and yes i had a lot of fun creating these names and descriptions for these nicole how many glasses of wine did you have when you were creating zero that was pure adrenaline (laughs) Baby, (laughs) first we have our cadet level, which includes access to our Discord channel. Yes, we finally freaking have one. We heard you're begging. We heard it for so long, and we finally have our Discord channel. It also includes a live monthly Q and A with us, as well as a special twenty percent off discounted merch store. This cadet level is five dollars a month. Then we have our dragon riders. So this includes both the Discord, the Q and A, the discounted merch store, everything from the cadet level, plus access to our are full deep dive episodes a full day early. Yes, this includes our first Iron Flame deep dive episode. You will get access to it 24 hours early. You also get special voting privileges on things like archive topics, special bonus content, theory deep dives and so much more. And this one was really exciting and a little scary. I'm not going to. I know, right? (laughs) I'm really excited to add this one. The Dragon Riders also get access to Lexi and I's full episode outlines. Yes, I'm talking about the ones that are 30 to 45 pages. Is long you get those two. And this tier is $10 a month. We're so excited. And of course, we understand that everyone might not be in a position to support in this way. And that's totally fine. But if you are, and if you enjoy this content, and you want more of it, plus, you know, really wanting to support Nicole and myself and the Fantasy Fangirls team, we so, so, so appreciate you supporting our Patreon and being with us in a new and exclusive way on this journey. We've also been Decking out our Discord channel. Let me just say, there's an entire Fourth Wings theories section of it so that everyone can share their theories and engage with everyone else. There's so many different channels on it. I'm so excited. We've been having so much fun playing around in it between Lexi, myself, Hayden, our producer. It's been so fun. The link to join our Patreon is in the show notes. And you guys, like Lexi said, your support really, it truly does mean everything to Lexi and I on this journey. We cannot. Wait to continue creating more of this for you all and just connecting with you all on a deeper level. Yes. All right. And with that, of course, before we dive into all of the predictions for Iron Flame, our usual content warning. We, a fantasy fangirls podcast, are adults who say adult things about an adult book. I might be guessing the amount of sex scenes we're gonna get in Iron Flame. So yes, that adult content is now about predicting sex, not just die sexting it. <laughs> I was proud of that one. I bet you were. (laughs) That was wide and bold. We also talk spoilers, everything from the entire Fourth Wing book, the Iron Fling excerpt, the audiobook samples, all speculations, and anything from Rebecca Yaros. Everything Fourth Wing related is absolutely on the table here, especially in today's conversation. You saw the title of this episode. Literally, what are you doing here if you have not read Fourth Wing? You are choosing violence. You know what you're getting yourself into, friend. But now... Let us prepare to burn it down. Woo! Let's dive into a few of the theories and predictions that we never really got around to in our fourth-wing discussion. First of all, we know that we could literally talk theories and predictions all day long for multiple days until Iron Flame comes out. We literally have 20 hours of podcasting, (laughs) which is just theories and predictions, it feels like. And we still could keep going. And everyone has so many great ideas. So are we covering absolutely every little thing under every rock? It's impossible. Give us a little bit of slack here as we do dive into what we think are some of the other bigger points that we haven't dived into already here. First and foremost, I promised you all we would talk about it in this episode. So here we finally are. What will Violet's second signet be? (gasps) This is probably my biggest question going into Iron Flame. Maybe not biggest. It's, no, it actually might be biggest. Other than, is Zayden an intense, like That's probably my biggest one. <laughs> I am so excited for us to get to our rapid fire prediction part of this episode because I think I'm going to have some shockers for you, actually. <gasps> oh, yeah. my, I am ready. But back to Violet second signet. So we did a fourth wing survey, and I know I still have to get out to the results to a lot more people. The graphic design work for it is a lot more hard than I expected it to be. The most popular theory about what Violet second signet is going to be is. Is something to do with time. 37% of our survey respondents do think this, which was the majority by like 10% there. And this idea that her second signet has to do with time, of course, stems from Andarna's gift of stopping time when she was a baby in book one. We know that Andarna does not have this gift anymore, but Violet very well could. We don't know how the dragon's unique powers transfer over as it manifests into the person's signet. We know that it's more reflective of the individual versus the dragon, but again, we don't know. So So it certainly could have something to do with time there. You and I are very much not in the time train on this. However, I want to just kind of say some things as to why I'm really pretty convinced that it's not going to have to do with time and it's instead going to have to do with the second thing that you're about to talk about number one is we've done the time thing we've read these epic moments of indarna stopping time of violet using time manipulation to use lightning now i'm going to be frank if it is time manipulation and that is her second signet i'm not complaining oh me either But that's gonna be so fucking cool However, it seems very clear, like you said, Lex, that it was a baby and darn gift. And when she grows up, even to an adolescent teenager who's going to be sassy, according to Rebecca Yaros, it seems like that is going to go away. We hear this from Zayden in his POV at the very end. Also, I want to point out that like time travel is fucking tricky for authors. There's a reason that in Harry Potter, all the time turners were destroyed at the Battle of the Department of Mysteries. Supposedly fucking cursed child. Not canon. That is not canon. I do not. I will not even touch on that. That right there is the reason why time travel should not be involved in the rest of the story. Again, we should say that we have not seen the stage production. I hear it's a completely different experience. I'm sure it's a great performance, but the plot, like I'm a plot person. You all know this about me. I don't know if I can look past it. While I have full faith in Rebecca Yaros, I'm a very trusting person. That is... I don't think that comes as a surprise to a lot of people, especially those who know me. I do have full faith in Rebecca Yarros that she could do time travel and do it well. I also know, however, that there's a reason a lot of authors steer clear of time travel tropes because of the damn plot holes it can create and all of the questions of like, oh, well, why didn't Hermione just go back and kill Voldemort at the beginning. There. Like, I mean, like, there's so many different things that can happen with time travel. And if I was an author personally, I would not touch that with a fucking 10-foot pole. Also, we don't know anything about Andarna time traveling. We just know about stopping time. So if it is a stopping time signet, or like we saw in the ending battle where she like manipulates time to literally like use lightning to correct it like that is well well, that is when time was stopped and then because yeah yeah so if it is stuff like that I'm I am super game but then I go back to my very first point and that is we've done the time stopping thing and we have confirmation from Zayden that she doesn't have it anymore so that to me feels like a pretty good line in the sand of nope it's done and I wholeheartedly agree with you you and I have been open about our feelings about time manipulation moving on in the story I will say, though, as we get to the second point that I'm about to dive into, the sun is a representation of time as well as what I'm going to be touching on. Oh, just just dive in. I, I just got chills. This is delicious. Okay, yeah, so let's just go on in. So another option for Violet's second signet is something to do with the power of the sun. I really view of this as not so much of a literal sense of the sun with flames and things like that, but more of the elements of how it gives life and how it is an energy source there. Katie Kate J did a fantastic TikTok theory about this. and. And it was actually one of the very first t- TikToks that I listened to as we were prepping for this podcast way back at the beginning of September. And it has truly stuck with me. And I am just like convinced that this is going to be Violet's second signet here. So we know that Venon draw magic from the earth while it's alluded that the sky also has great power. Thinking of it like the purest form of magic comes from the sky. And this is basing it off of magic directly from the earth equals Venon equals Bat. So Magic from the earth equals bad. Magic from the sky equals good, sort of. (laughs) And there is also, of course, the line, quote, command the sky to surrender its greatest power. We talked a lot about that in the last few episodes here, but I'm going to bring a new meaning to it now. We've been thinking all along that this is lightning. I am adamant that I do believe that this is lightning still. But... What if it has a double meaning with Andarna's signet too? Now that we have that, now let's look at Andarna and think about Andarna here. What do we know about Andarna? She is golden, at least as far as we know right now. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm not touching that because this that goes against my theory if she is not golden anymore. I want her to be golden so badly. But anyway, continuing. She is golden as far as we know. Here's the deal. On both of the cover arts, she is golden in the center of a circle. A circle that looks Pretty fucking sun like. Yes, what she's at the center of a huge yellow or orange circle in the sky on both book covers. All of these references to power, to sky, to a big circle, to golden. What is Big and powerful in the sky. That's a big circle and golden. The sun, of course. And Darna. And this is just feels so clear that Andarna does represent the sun in some way, shape, or form. Now let's take this and let's go back to Violet's second signet discussion. I really believe I am pretty firm in this camp that it, her signet is going to have to do with being an energy source for others, like how we consider the sun is a source of energy. You know, going back to Andarna's quote: "Nature likes all things in balance," and we know. That that signet powers reflect the rider at their core and violet is always looking to help others and she was so upset that her lightning signet is a weapon if she had the power of the sun as far as you know giving energy giving life this would counterbalance that lightning weapon signet there remember light nature likes all things in balance and i've talked a lot too about her having a defensive and an offensive signet and again light and dark between her and zayden like There's so many elements here that include the sun. I also think that possibly resurrection could be included in this too, you know, giving life back into people. I don't think that her signet itself is resurrection, but either her new signet or her lightning signet does incorporate resurrection in there somewhere. The best way that I can describe this signet Possibility is it's the opposite of what the venom do. They draw power from the earth. They make all of the color. They make everything die, and then they have that power to then portray and for her it would be giving that life back into the earth essentially making the flowers come back alive and really just like helping the energy sources around her she'd be able to give color back into her hair if like the venom are about like draining color from the earth she would be able to like give color back wouldn't that be crazy i don't know my my, my gut is telling me no that because that's just her signature hair right there Yeah, Mm. this feels so plausible it feels so right i do not think it's going to be a standard signet that we've seen before i think that this is going to be something entirely new and this to me feels also like it's not siphoning like naolin right but it does have naolin siphoning-esque tendencies without being a full-blown siphoning I it's just... like in the same category as siphoning yeah. right <laughs> yes exactly yes. like how dane is kind of in the same category as Intinsic, but he's allowed to live and not have his neck snapped yet exactly yet <laughs> exactly so that's the sun theory katie you had a fantastic video you have other great theory videos as well that video has just stuck with me for the last two months. And I'm so excited to finally share it because there just wasn't really an opportunity before now. And we'll put it in the show notes as well. Yes, absolutely. Now moving on to a few other possibilities that Violet's second signet could be. Again, we could theorize about this all day long, but let's wrap it up with a few other ones that kind of just stand out to me. Nicole, you did mention we think that it's going to be something we haven't seen before. While I do agree with that, I have to bring up, you know, it could be something like premonition. You know, General Melgren does have that specific to battles, but maybe Violet has something to do with premonition in a different way. Mending, again, kind of going back to that defensive position. I don't think it's going to be Mending because her brother is a mender, but it's always possible. Or she could even be an Intensic as well, which I know you're shaking your head. (laughs) Absolutely not. Because Zayden is an Intensic. I will die on this hill. They can't be. If they're both Intensics, then I'm just like flipping my table. I think we are going to meet an Intensic and I don't think it's going to be Violet. I don't think so either. I think it's someone in the revolution and his name is Zayden. Moving on. I just want you to be wrong on this so badly just so I can have big sister rights of like, ha ha, ha. You're cruel. We're a little loopy today, everybody. Yes, my we guess. really are. So another possible signet that, I actually really like this option as well. I'd say that this would be my runner up for my predictions of what her signet would be is something to do with intelligence and memory. Like a signet that embodies being a scribe. For instance, maybe Violet can remember everything or she can call back the past there's that line of her father that says she's the best of both of her mother and father so her lightning signet obviously represents her mom and then her second signet represents her dad and scribes Lexi the chills are shooting up my body right now I love this I love it I Again, I think we have to. It has, it's going to have something to do with the sun. I believe that will be more about energy focused, or it could be more time focused there. But I just, I love this idea here of that being her second signet there that represents her dad. Oh, that's beautiful. And I'm just going to mention one more possibility here. And in the Discord channel, we can keep the conversation going about her second signets. It's entirely possible Violet does not get a second signet. That's boring. <laughs> I know, right? It makes the most sense that Violet receives a signet from Andarna when when Andarna does begin channeling into her. But we still don't know how this works bonding with two dragons. I don't think anybody in the story really knows. I'm shocked that it was never mentioned once, even in Violet's inner head, that I wonder what my second signet's going to be, something to that effect of what Andarna is going to give her. I also have to note, Andarna was part of the decision that Violet was ready to start channeling, even though it was, of course, ultimately Terran channeling into her. And Violet technically does only have one dragon relic that her magic is channeled through. Of course, it does represent both dragons, so we can imagine Andarna will have the ability to channel her power through the same relic as well. Again, with all this in mind, I would be absolutely shocked, and not in a good way, if Violet does not get a signet from Andarna, but something else, and I don't think anyone is going to like this answer. Rebecca has confirmed Andarna is only a teenager in the second book. So she's still not fully grown, which means we might not get a second signet in the second book. I think that's entirely plausible. And that sucks. But also like, what a cool thing to look forward to in book three. Right? Like that's something to keep theorizing. And I bet we'll still get even more nuggets in this book here. I didn't realize how plausible that could be until you just said it. And I'm like, Oh, fuck, that actually might be the case. So I think I need to like reevaluate my expectations and be like, we might not if we get a second signet amazing, but we very much might not unless it's like the very end, or book three, Yep. Gotta keep some level of mystery throughout the books. While we're talking about second signets, we've talked so much about the marked ones and their second signets, but let's kind of wrap up that conversation here. Put a bow on it. Nicole, take it away. Well, I want to talk about a theory that Kayla and I actually talked about in the Instagram DMs. Shouts to you, Kayla. This this was a theory I could not get out of my head for days. And it was so good that I'm actually literally just going to read Kayla's theory word for word. Quote, you mentioned that Liam's second signet might actually be the dragon's power. That got me thinking because I'm on the train that Zayden can read minds. You are correct, Kayla. Thank you. Seagal <laughs> in Gaelic translates to shadows. What if Zayden is an intrinsic and Seagal is using her shadow powers to protect him from being found out so she doesn't lose another writer. especially since her previous writer, either his grandfather or grandmother, didn't make it out of the quadrant. So this would work for Liam and Day. Day's name meaning ice. So maybe Day was translating his power into Liam. And Liam did have just farsight, but then he was using day's power. This would be the same thing with Zayden and Sigil, but Sigil is protecting him because they she doesn't want him to be found out as an Intensic. The only, and I'm going to put the major air quotes here, plot hole here is that Taren's name means thunder. And we know he is channeling into Violet with her second signet being lightning. I think we can all agree on that. He's not giving his gift into her, but that might be the twist. The dragon's names are just hints for us readers. They're not canon in the story as like, this means this, like they are just little nuggets for us to stress over at three in the morning, like I do. But what if Seagale is giving her gift of shadows to Zayden and he is actually an Intensic? I'm firmly in the camp that they have two Signets. I love this theory. I can totally see Seagale doing this for her own shadow daddy. But I don't know. I want to hear your thoughts on this because I like Caleb opened my mind in a way that I did not expect it to be opened up. I am so torn on the second segment thing. And in fact, I'm going to have to make my final answer here soon. And I yeah, literally still do not know. <laughs> So then my second question to you is, do you think we're going to get a second signet confirmation in Iron Flame if you did believe in second signet? I think we will get confirmation one way or the other because I think that there is something to this power that the Marked Ones are wielding that is one of Zayden's secrets. And he's got to start sharing a little bit more. And I think that this is going to be one of the things. And also like, is Violet ever going to be like, hey, Liam was wielding ice? Huh. I think she was a little distracted. In the moment, but she's going to be reflecting back on that scene very frequently, and it's got to come up in her head at some point, right? Oh, I hope we get that moment. Ooh. But yes, I do think that we are going to get confirmation one way or the other. I love the idea of the dragons channeling their power into people, especially it might even mean like a different kind of level of trust that the marked ones have with their dragons because they kind of – know a bunch of other stuff that other people don't and there's like that closer camaraderie there than with other people and their dragons well and that also like when Zayden was saying to Violet you cannot tell anyone about Andarna giving you this power maybe that's because he's already had quite an amount of practice keeping it from everyone else because the marked ones have to do it too Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Let's move on to this right here is my absolute biggest question going into Iron Flame. And I really had a hard time even t- figuring out how to talk about this because it would literally be us just completely spitballing. I don't even think I've seen a lot of theories around this just because we're all just questioning <laughs> what's going to happen. What are the circumstances of our crew, specifically Zayden, returning to Bas-Gaith? I Like, I'm stumped. I'm stumped. Same. I have no idea, but of course we're going to theorize anyway here, or at least speculate. So we know that Violet and a riot of dragons, and assumably their riders, are flying back to Buskayaith and heading to the flight field from the audiobook preview that we received. And of course we know that Violet is with her squad on conscription day from a different excerpt there. So we know those facts. Violet is absolutely going back to Buskayaith there, but we don't know if Zayden is among them. Well, we know that he's not a conscription day, but we don't know if he's going back for graduation. We don't know if he's part of this riot of dragons that Violet. Is returning to, we don't know. He <laughs> better be a part of that because he wouldn't let her go. He would go with her because he has to keep an eye on Violet because he loves her. But also, like, Imogen and Bodie have to go back because they're second years. But that's also brings up the question are they going back for graduation? Like, maybe they're coming back at the end of the war games there. Like, I was talking about that timeline in a few episodes ago. Maybe they come up with a story to deflect where they really were, which Makes me wonder, are they going to have to lie about Liam's death? I know. I don't. Or do they just own it that they were in that battle? I I thought so much about this. I don't think that they will own that they were in that battle because the Venom were there and leadership will do anything to stop that secret from coming out. So I don't think that they would all, including Violet, be welcomed back in any way, shape, or form if they admitted that they were at that battle that we are assuming leadership knew Venon were at too. There's a lot of questions about how leadership is hushing this all up if Venon have been attacking the borders, but I'm not going down that rabbit hole of questions today. I've already done that a million times. So I really am leaning towards our crew denying that they were in that battle. I don't know what they're going to say instead, but I don't think that they are going to admit that they were at that. Battle. Bodie and Emogen, their second years. I think they are going to be coming back as third years. And you know what I'm about to say now. I think that Emogen's mind wiping ability is absolutely going to come into play. It is going to come in clutch in some way, shape, or form. But then, of course, we have Zayden. He's the big question mark here. I think because they are not going to admit that they were actually at that battle, which that information might leak out anyway, but let's just say that they deny it and they said that they were somewhere else and then got lost. And now they're showing up at the end of War Games and it's like, hey guys, what note at Athbane? What are you talking about? Actually, no, because I do think that they're going to have read the note. I but how would they explain it, where they were for days? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I think that Zayden is going to be welcome back to Beskides. Well, uh, welcome is a strong word, but yeah. he's still, <laughs> like that's that's not the word I mean. But he is still in some kind of power. He is still part of the military of Buzz there. He is still a dragon rider because technically he didn't c- abandon his command if they figure out a way to deny being in that battle there. And so again, what held them up from getting to that other location? I'm really curious to hear their creative storytelling whatever way that they go about doing this. <laughs> this brings me back to my idea of what if Imogen can not only wipe memories but alter them? Like can she plant memories? Because I could see them going back to Bez Gaieth and immediately getting interrogated sneakily, where they get stolen away by Colonel Atos and Dane to get literally I've talked about it on the podcast, how I do think that there's going to be some level of an interrogation scene. Something in my gut just thinks that's going to happen. And I could see that with them coming back and that being the like, oh, we'll let you back in the best guy if. My thought is that aside from the interrogation, I do think that they're going to pass some kind of test or whatever of like, we'll let you back in. But I think that leadership is going to play, major air quotes, innocent in everything. But they're going to keep a super close eye on Zayden and they're going to make his life miserable? Like what if their goal is to make him so angry that he lashes out and then they have outright proof to make his life hell and kill him. But also if he lashes out and he joins the revolution Outwardly, like in a way that they know about it, they not only have the right to kill him, they have the right to kill every single marked one because yep. of the deal that he made with Lilith. So in Fourth Wing, it's mentioned multiple times that Zayden gets his pick of positions next year. What if instead of giving him his pick of positions, they give him some shit job and that's the form yes. of like make him crack, quote unquote, probably make him super, super far away from Violet. So her and Taryn and Zayden and Sigal suffer. And this is what they hope. Hope will make him, like I said, crack and leave the revolution, thus letting them kill him and every single marked one as a result. That's terrible. Yes, absolutely. And it also keeps the storytelling really good, where it's like, we know going into the second book, the dragons need to be near each other in some kind of dynamic, right? It keeps that fire alive there and it makes it more of a challenge that they have to overcome. And it also aligns with what we know about the Vice Commandant trying to use Violet to get to Zayden. And now it's like he and leadership know that Zayden knows that leadership knows that he is helping the Griffin Flyers. And it's just like this huge game of chicken that we're going to be in for. You know that scene in, oh my God, what show is it? Is that in Friends? Where it's like, I know that he knows that she knows. (laughs) It's like, Phoebe's like, Like, what? (laughs) I've been pretty adamant on the podcast about like, no way is Zayden allowed back in. I'm going back on everything I said. He's going to be allowed back in. Like, I'm pretty firm in that camp because of what you just mentioned here, Lex. Like, in the synopsis of the new book, it says that the vice commandant He's going to try to use Violet to some effect to get to Zayden. That to me doesn't seem like Zayden's on the other side of the war outright necessarily. Yes. But I do think that they're going to do some kind of giving him some shit job or giving him some kind of like really bad end of the stick so that it's harder for him in every single which way. I can definitely see that. When we ask our audience, you know, what are some things that you want to talk about more and just like common themes that we hear from our listeners that we want to make sure to touch on? you all really like to talk about death and who is going to die. My goodness. (laughs) I thought this book changed us. I think it changed all of us. (laughs) So when we do open up questions to the audience, we do get a lot of very similar types of answers. So we're always going to credit the person who we saw first. So Crazy Page asked, will someone die? And if so, who? I think that there is a High possibility that yes, someone might die. As for who is going to die in Iron Flame, here are my thoughts. Originally, I was thinking Mira. However, I do not think she's going to die this early on in the series. I think it would be later on, like earliest book three would be my guess. I do not think she's going to make it out of the Imperium alive. Riannon is another option. I will riot if that's the case. Garrick, I think is a high possibility... I think Bodhi is even a higher possibility. No, I don't want... We're going to fall in love with them, and then they're going to die, and it's going to be Liam all over again. Here's the deal. I think it might be Garrick for that reason, because I think him and Imogen are going to have a thing. We're going to fall in love with them as a couple, and then Garrick's going to die. And then we have to live through Imogen of Garrick's death. Who has this book turned I, me into? I am I so think tw- right. I think The last person I think it could be is Riddick. I'm not going to lie. I think I would cry harder than I did with Liam. if it was Shut Riddick. your mouth. <laughs> love a comedic relief character and if it is Riddick I will riot oh man well so let me say I do think there will absolutely be a side character death I'm leaning more towards someone like Sawyer like no no offense to my dude there which actually okay Now that I mentioned Sawyer, I need to take one moment and pause and go on a little side tangent. His power of wielding metal could come in real handy fighting against the Venom with those daggers. Yeah. So Tiffany emailed us about this and like my jaw just dropped and I was like, oh my God, I've never even put two and two together. I never thought about it and I am so here for it. So I really hope Sawyer doesn't die. (laughs) Can you imagine if like all of Second Squad gets let in on the revolution and they start working against Navarre? Like imagine Re Riddick, Sawyer. What a fucking dream team. I'm so about this. Because we've talked about people who we think might be offed in this book, I want to talk about the people who I think are pretty fucking safe. Number one is Zayden and Violet obviously. They're not going to die in this book. Number two, I do not think Dane is going to die in this book. I don't think he's making it out of the series alive, but I think he's going to get worse. I think he's going to have a redemption arc and then die at the peak of the redemption arc. That's my guess. Brennan, he just came back from the dead, quote unquote. I don't think he's going to die (laughs) and just immediately leave this world. I do not think Lilith, is going to die in this book. I do think she's going to die eventually, but I don't think Iron Flame would be a Lilith death. So I don't believe that she's going to die in Iron Flame, but I think that she would, out of like all of the Biscayne kind of leadership people, I could see her dying definitely in one of these early books, including Iron Flame really yeah I mean I guess that would be kind of poetic with like both of Violet's parents dying early on as she like has this major blow-up moment and maybe a part of it is after she dies and still Violet learning about her mom's secrets not while she's alive but when she's dead Ooh, that's compelling <laughs> yeah so I, I don't I don't know I think she might not be safe here <laughs> at all <laughs> might move her I might move her on the list last person who I think is safe before we go to your list is Melgren I think Melgren's pretty safe I think he's gonna be one of like the big bads I think you no, I'm actually gonna add another person to who I think might die and that is King Towery. I think King Tauri could die in an earlier book I don't I know why see that. I just think like him dying would cause absolute mayhem in Navarre. I'm going to lean towards that's a book three thing. Oh, interesting. If book three is what we're assuming and that is going to be more of like a heavy politicking book, I could see it book three. I will say – so So we've been talking all about the people because I am firmly in the camp that all of our main dragons are safe in Iron Flame. At least I hope so. Don't you say those (laughs) words like like, Well, I mean, of course, like our main dragons, they've got to be safe. It's book two. The book series is called the Empyrean series. I think that we're going to learn more about dragons in the later books. So our core dragon crew are safe. Yes, For now. I agree. <laughs> oh, I hated that. <laughs> so let's talk about Iron Flame's tagline. Because the tagline of Fourth Wing is fly or die. Now, that can easily be translated to Violet's Skyeth journey and the tension around you survive the, you know, Rider's Quadrant. You get a dragon. You don't. You're dead. It also links to Liam because... He had his dragon die, therefore he died as well. I'm sorry. I At least I didn't write a fucking eulogy for him this time. It made everyone cry. <laughs> and then I posted it on social media and make everybody cry all over again. Let's talk about the tagline for Iron Flame, which is burn it down. I'm thinking that this could mean numerous things. Number one, in Fourth Wing, we get a line from Zayden, quote, most of us would burn this place to the ground if we had the option. Could this be the revolution burning guys to the ground? Personally, I do not think that this is what burn it down means because that's a lot of innocents dying. And I don't see the revolution using collateral damage like that. It's also not their focus. Their focus is outside of the borders. That's the real enemy here. It's not Navarre. It's not the leadership. Yes. Are they a huge pain in their ass when it comes to getting outside the borders and fighting them? Of course. But the main enemy is outside of the borders. Hold on. So the previous rebellion six years ago, that was against navarre yes the overarching context was about helping people outside of the borders however the issue is with navarre and so i think that the revolution it's kind of like you got to beat level one boss to get to the next boss and i don't want to call navarrean leadership level one boss because there's definitely more like a level 10 but you still got to beat them before you get to the big bad boss well and to to your point now that i'm remembering when you did rebellion versus revolution definitions, revolution is overthrow, like, you know, it's getting a government or something correct. like that yes. to overthrow. I do take that back. You're, you are super correct there. It's so absolutely, like the literal terms of burn it all down, we, I agree that it's not going to be Basquiat. I don't think that even in the context of the revolution, overthrowing Navarian leadership, I don't think that burning Basquiat down is going to be their primary focus, especially with it being just so close to the veil with so many marked ones still being in Basquiat. I think that they got other strategies in place here. We learn more about the truth in this book. And by learning the truth, we want to burn it all down. I'm not saying that it does get burnt in this book, but it's that mindset. It's that mantra that we've all grabbed our pitchforks and we're ready to give King Tari and the leadership what they have coming. I'm adding another point to this because maybe it's not Bez Gaith as a whole. Maybe burn it down is either leader, probably leadership, burning yeah. down the archives. Or so how many times in the in Fourth Wing they mentioned, like, archives are yes. fireproof. You cannot yes. get, like... They're so definitely going to get burned, yes. They're absolutely going to get burned. Yep. But is it in this book? I don't know. It could be. Number three, is leadership going to learn about Arisha and burn it down? I'm, I'm going back and forth on this one. Burn it down. We have to think about who is saying this, which side of the war would be saying burn it down? I'm leaning way more towards the revolution side saying burn it down, especially with the periods in between just has the oomph, that the revolution gives. I don't see leadership being like, burn it down. Maybe, especially after seeing Solus literally roast people yeah. alive in the Today excerpt for no fucking reason. I could see them burning Arisha. So that's a possibility. So also with that about Arisha, so Zayden is still the head of Arisha technically. So as we all know, all of the parents of the rebellion side, they were executed and therefore loyal Navarian's came in and took over their homelands. However, Zayden's homeland, Arisha, which is like the capital of Tyrandor, which, as we've called it, he's the Stark of Winterfell, so to speak. No one wanted to come in and take over Arisha because it was burned down. And so that's why they've been able to rebuild it slowly but surely and very quietly. They're not keeping it necessarily a full-blown secret, but it's kind of like a, they're not looking in our direction and we're going to take advantage of that. So I think that with what went down at the end of this past book and and leadership having a much more watchful eye on Zayden, I think Arisha is going to come to their attention now because they're going to start looking for it because it's like they know something's up with Zayden. And so they're going to go look at his homeland and something's going to be come to the surface about Arisha. I don't think totally. that means that it's going to burn it down again in this context here, but that is a good thing to note. Uh, totally. Number four, is it somewhere in Purimil that we have yet to go to? Rebecca Yaros mentioned in a f- video with Waterstone, this is the same one where she mentioned that we're going to get a snarky teenage Andorna. She also mentions that we're going to numerous new places in Purimil. Could this be leadership burning somewhere in Purimil? Could it be the revolution burning somewhere in Purimil? Probably not. That's not really what I'm thinking. But it could be somewhere we have not been to yet. Number five, and last but not least, is it the Venen? Could it be a Venom hideout that is going to be burned down? I doubt it because fire doesn't do fucking ball sack to Venom. Like it doesn't do anything. So probably not. I'm actually leaning on nothing that I wrote down last night. And instead, <laughs> I'm leaning entirely into I think it's the archives. I think it's the archives that they're going to attempt or succeed in burning down. You think that the revolution would burn down the archives? Possibly. <laughs> I think so. I am respectfully, wholeheartedly going to disagree. <laughs> and I am i really think that it is more about, again, this book is all about uncovering the truth, uncovering all of this. And this is kind of Violet's new mantra of like, she's joining the marked ones. We She got that at the end of the last book. She agreed that she was going to fight with them. But this is where it really drives it home, where she is just absolutely part of the revolution and getting more clarity around it and getting into more of a position of power now with her own knowledge. I can't wait to see what this is going to be. Mm-hmm. So now let's talk a little bit about Mira here going into Iron Flame. Bookish biologist asked. Oh, that's a good. I like that. That's a, uh, really it's a good, good name. T- yeah. Yeah. So bookish biologist asked, will Mira learn about the revolution? And if so, which side will she choose? I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that Mira will learn about the revolution either in Iron Flame or in book three, whatever that's going to be called. We also need to think that if Mira is at Montserrat or somewhere else, like she could be called to somewhere closer to the border of Poromil, how are we going to even interact with her in this book? So my thoughts are, well, first of all, I think it'll be interesting how Violet now has letter writing access. And so she and Mira will be writing to one another. I don't know what in the world Violet will say to her, but, you know, there's that. I also wonder if Zayden, if, you know, assuming that he's still on – quote unquote decent terms with Biscayeth could he be stationed where Mira is and then we are going to get more interactions kind of like what we got at Montserrat of Violet and Mira literally being in the same place together. I do love your idea that they're going to put him in a shithole place or an extra dangerous place Oh, or in a place where he's like right on the border and he has to make constant decisions that yes. are in full. Yes. Am I going to fight for Navarre or am I going to fight for Peromiel? And I could really <gasps> see him, they specifically say him near Mira because she is she is the general's daughter and for her to kind of have that watchful eye because they can't trust Violet anymore I'm so here for this idea god I hope that's real oh my god now I do also have the idea of like is Mira and Violet would they be ever on opposite ends of the battlefield like and I mean that literally I doubt it in book two personally I agree. But definitely in a later book, I could see. If Myra, if Mira survives book two, I think she will. She still. is. I, I don't think that we are going to get a main character death in book two. I think that we will get a side is character death. Is she a main death. character, though? Is she a main I character? put her up there. I put her as a... Okay, so I'll say it this way instead. I consider her and Liam both to be B characters. So I don't think yeah. any A or B characters are going to die. But a C character like Riddick or Sawyer or one of those characters may die. But would you consider Lilith a B character? I would Abs- highly consider it like a B B+. Oh, I would call her a C character. What? Really? She's not always on pages though, but she's like, you know how Voldemort's not in book three at all, but he is in book three? Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I know what book three is named. <laughs> Do you want me to list off every single chapter of every book? Yes, absolutely. So uh, to bring it back to bookish.biologist's original question, wh- which side of the revolution will she choose? I personally think that Mira learning about Brennan is going to be the fork in the road. Which will she choose? I don't think she's going to choose to fight for the revolution, though. I think she is going to choose to stay with Navarre. And I think she's going to die very quickly after that. Oh, I don't think she's going to die quickly after that, but I don't think she's going to choose the revolution either. I also am curious right now about how her signet plays into this, because remember, her signet is the power of words. And the whole argument here with the revolution is to take down those wards. I think that something's going to happen with Mira in this book as far as her learning some kind of information. Again, that fork in the road. I don't think that she's going to choose the revolution either, though. But she's our favorite big sister behind Lexi. What are we going to do? So before we get into our rapid fire predictions, which I'm pretty sure might start a bloodbath. It's a good thing we're not in the same room together. (laughs) <laughs> but we want to just do, like, kind of wrap this section up with some quick things that we think are going to be themes. In Iron Flame. We talked about this already in the AMA episode, but just kind of touching on it here. I believe that the story is set up and now Violet and we, the readers, are going to learn a lot more about the truth. This book is going to focus on uncovering this truth and knowledge. I don't know if it's going to be as action-packed, actually, as book one. I also don't think we're going to get a big Venom showdown like we did in book one. This one's going to be a lot more about the internal dynamics of Beskaya, the leadership, Zayden, Violet, their families, all of that. Agreed completely. I definitely don't think we're getting a Venom showdown, which is weird to think about. The major theme of Iron Flame is going to be uncovering the truth. It's going to yeah. be learning Zayden's secrets. I think we're going to be yes. learning a lot of Papa Soaringale secrets. We might yes. get a few Lilith secrets also. Uh, Taryn secrets and Darna yes. secrets. Everyone yes. has some fucking secrets except for Violet. Maybe Rhiannon because she and Zayden <laughs> might know each other. I don't know. But there are so many things I think we're going to uncover and that is going to be the main pillar of iron flame yes absolutely and a lot of the action is going to be more surrounding that or as like little distractions however I do think there is absolutely going to be action just the way that the story is set up and the circumstances all of our characters are facing however not a big battle sequence like what we received at the end of the last book so Nicole we've talked about so many theories and predictions throughout this podcast already we've done more than 20 hours of all of this so now we're going to round up the biggest discussions with our final yes no answers about whether they're going to happen. Now, Nicole and I have quite a few of our own. We also open up questions on our Instagram stories. And when we disagree, I'm writing this down right here, and we're going to be placing our bets with each other. And this is rapid fire. So let's kick it off with this first question. And this is the one we hinted at earlier, Lex. It's time to make your final answer. I don't want to. Do the marked ones have second signets? Three, two, one. Yes. You didn't answer. <laughs> I didn't answer. I was just thinking that it's my Roman Empire. I don't know. But I think about it all the time. Okay, I'm just going to say yes. I think that there are some stipulations around it. But I am going to say yes two seconds. No, no, I changed my mind. I'm going to say no. (laughs) No. And it's lesser magic, and it's something else that they have going for them, too. So there is more magic for them, but it's not specifically a second signet that comes from their relic. Okay, so if Kayla is correct, and it is like, for instance, Sigal channeling shadows into Zayden, you are correct here. That is not a second signet. Are we on the same page there, or is that a second signet? Then in that case, yes, I would be correct, because it's not a second signet from the Rebellion relic. okay first one already on disagree, <laughs> disagree. this is going to be a longer list than we thought next one alright Nicole's favorite one we all know what she's going to say is Zayden an Intensic? Absolutely fucking Absolutely, yes abso- I will die on this hill there is no way that he is not an Intensic I don't think he is <laughs> I can't believe you right now did we read the same book? <laughs> I think you have amazing points and again this is something that I've been really wishy-washy on but I don't think that he is an Intensic I think that there are other characters I think that his shadows absolutely play into it. I think that he has intrinsic like abilities based on his current abilities, but not being an intrinsic as his second signet. I can't wait to be right and do something absolutely heinous as my winning of this bet. <laughs> can't wait. Next, will Imogen use her mind wiping ability to keep the revolution slash Brennan a secret? Yes. Yes. Oh, we agreed. (laughs) Now I'm going to put yes with an asterisk. I don't think it's going to be the default. I think like you've said numerous times, it's going to be the backup plan. But I do think we're going to need to use the backup plan at some point. Yes, their shields are absolutely needing to be locked in and fantastic. And I think that if they were to be interrogated, there are ways to break through shields and they need something more locked in there. So that is where Emogen is really going to come in. Will we see an Emogen and Garrick romance? Oh my gosh, I hope so. Yes. Yes. I fucking so if we don't I will be so sad. Next, does Zayden know about Violet from Brennan before the parapet? Yes. I absolutely agree. Yes but I don't think that he was in love with Violet from this. And I don't think he was expecting to see Violet because everybody thought that she was going to be in the Scribes. Yes, he knew about Violet on a deeper level than any of us would have guessed because of his relationship with Brennan. However, it doesn't equal that he was already in love with her or knew she was going to be on the parapet. Agreed completely. I do think that he was not in love with her. I do think that There was something in him, especially for getting into fated mates territory or something equivalent of that. I do think that there was something in him that felt pulled towards her, but I don't think it was love before he met her by any means agree absolutely agree yeah wow we're doing so good look at us go we talked about this a little bit already but let's make it final will zayden be accepted back at viscayeth after choosing to abandon his command when he saved the four meal citizens yes yes except it's doing a lot of heavy lifting on that sentence but i absolutely agree next Is Violet going to be a squad leader? No. No, I don't think so. I'd be happy for her if she was. I agree that we will, but I don't think that Violet will be. I think that this is going to be a Harry not being a prefect situation, but Ron and Hermione were prefects situation. Because like there was no way to write Order of the Phoenix with Harry being a prefect. No way. (laughs) Yeah. I still think that Ron probably shouldn't have been a prefect, but that's a whole other story. (laughs) What? What? Dean and Seamus doing to make it so that they were just not even in the cut. I know, right? Or like, throw Neville a bone. My gosh. Anyway, will we get a God fucking damn it, Dane face cupping moment in Iron Flame? Yes, but I have an asterisk. I think there will be an attempted one, but not an actual one. Okay. Well, I want to hear what you mean by attempted because we might be in the same camp here. I have no idea how this is going to go down with Violet and Dane. But part of me is thinking that Violet will in some way, shape, or form pretend like things are okay between them. That she's not going to go up and just literally punch him in the face as much as we all would hope that. I think that she's going to be playing the game a little bit with him. And I think that in that he might try to cup her face and she's going to have to get creative with him not doing that. Or if Imogen, if she did have that memory wiping ability or even a memory altering ability, then Violet, uh, ooh, actually, I might change my answer here because I like the idea that she lets him do it to help build that trust back so that then she can play the double H. You know what? I'm going to say yes, but it's going to be on Violet's terms. Okay, I'm saying yes, but a different reason. So I actually think we need to disagree on this and disagree because I think, yes, we are going to get a God fucking damn it, Dane Cupping moment, but I think it's going to be against Violet's will. Like as an interrogation? Yeah, it's going to be more like an interrogation. Now, whether he sees something or not, I think that she's going to do her best to shield against him and he is going to be blocked. I could see a moment where she's like wanting to build that trust back because you and I are very much in the same camp. I do think she's going to feign innocence. Mm-hmm. God, as much as that makes me fucking sick to think about. But I do think that's going to happen. But I don't think she's going to let him touch her face. But he eventually will. And it's going to be entirely against her will. Either way, I'm up for any of this. This is, I'm not, I don't have a strong feelings about one way or the other. I do think no matter what, we are going to get some kind of God fucking damn it, Dane. It, there's no way that's off the table in Iron Flame. Absolutely not. What are we going to do with that section if there's no God fucking damn it, Dane cuppings? I'm telling you, it's going to be God fucking damn it, Kieran. <laughs> damn it. I swear to God, this motherfucker is Karen. In. <laughs> Next up, is this is gonna be an easy one. Is Professor Carr undercover for the revolution? Yes. Duh, yes. 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 <laughs> the only other person I could see the missive being from is Professor Kaori, but there's no way it's not Professor Carr. There's it's no Carr. way it's <laughs> Professor Carr. All right. Did Violet's dad know Brennan was actually alive? No. No, I agree. Does Violet's mom know Brennan is alive? You know, I was always firmly in the camp that she did not know. However, I am leaning more and more towards she did know because she was also at Orisha. And I really do wonder if she's the one who Brennan is communicating with there. He's going by a different name now. So I wonder if she knows about that. Yes, I'm going to say I think that she knows that he's alive. So I was also going to say the same answer almost word for word. (laughs) (laughs) We have both been very adamant that she doesn't believe that he's alive. But just the more and more I think about it. You know what? No, I'm going to go with no. Okay, I love it. Just so there's tension. (laughs) Will Violet get her second signet in this book? I'm going to go with no based on my previous reasoning. I'm going to go with yes. Okay. I hope she does, but I don't. I hope so, too. I, Based off your earlier reasoning, I'm pretty adamant. I'm like, oh, fuck, I don't think she is going to. But I think it would be in the last part of this book if it is. All right. I'm going to go with yes. So, those were the ones that Lexi and I created. Now, let's move on to the ones that our Instagram followers submitted. Jay Westberg 2000 asks Will Violet ride in Darna? Yes. Absolutely. I don't think that it will be as common as her writing Taryn because, again, Andarna is a teenager. I think that she's still kind of getting her feel. I don't know if Indarna is even going to be able to show her face in Beskaieth, and she might have to hide out in the veil for a little while right now. Wait, actually, will she write it? Yes, she will write Andarna, but there's going to be some sneaky circumstances. Actually, you know what? I'm going to change my mind. No, I don't think so. I just did a full circle there. <laughs> okay, so I do think, yes, she will, but I... Do you think it's going to be very sneaky? I think Violet's going to have to go to the Veil to ride her, which means that Violet's going to be in the veil. yeah. I think that we're going oh, to get that's some quite an some assumption. Veil action. <laughs> okay. I do not agree <laughs> with that. And let's just add that other question here too is will Violet go to the Veil because I strongly disagree. It's a separate one. Fine. We disagree on that one. Jessica Percia says, will Violet leave Besgaith War College for good before the end of Iron Flame? This is hard. That's a hard one. I'm going to say no, but that's only because it's before the end of Iron Flame. I think that at the end of Iron Flame, I don't think she's going to be returning to Besgeith in book three. That's what I'll say. Yes, I 100% agree. So we we agree with this one. Kathy McGuire asks, does Violet forgive Zayden before the end of the book? Yes, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yes. yes, I think it's going to be like the big like their big tension in the book, and there will be different. I'll say levels of forgiving him. But yes, I do believe so. I am foaming at the mouth for this the romance (laughs) in this book. I can't even tell you. Foaming at the mouth. Kimber Jones asks, does Violet confront Dane and kick his ass in the first half of the book? I'm going to go with no. I'm going to go with no, too, because of what we've already talked about, as much as I want her to. I hope I'm, I hope we're wrong here. I hope we're wrong, too. I definitely hope we're wrong. Ravicole Creative, I think that's how you pronounce it, asks, do we find out which side Lilith Sorengale is on in book two? No. I'm going to go with no, but we do get plenty more hints to fuel all of our theorizing. That answer. Yes. Retweet. <laughs> I think I'm pronouncing this incorrectly, but I'm going to go with my gut on this and that's Qualtz Urine. I'm so sorry. Asks, were Brennan and Naolin in love? I'm going with Yes. You know, I'm going to go with yes, too. That's what my gut is telling me. Zoange0110 asks Are we going to meet Zayden's mom or learn that backstory? Yes. I think yes. we're going to learn the backstory. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, yes. Clara.Botchke says Is Sloane deaf? Yes. Yes. never nerd. I can't pronounce these. I'm so sorry. Will Violet find her dad's research specifically on feather tails? Yes. 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 Absolutely. So actually on that note, Nicole, is Andarna's tail going to be a feather tail still? No. Because she's not a hatchling anymore. You're right. She's not a hatchling, but she's also not full grown yet. So yeah. So I think no, she's technically not. a. No. I'm going to put yes, technically she is a feather tail. But it's evolving. <laughs> but if it's a fucking Pokemon mid-evolving, then we're both right or we're both wrong. So the question is, she going to stay a Feathertail or is she just a Feathertail? I do not think she's going to stay a Feathertail. However, it is pretty sus that Zayden in his POV at the very end didn't mention anything about her tail changing. But also if she's a different fucking color, then he didn't mention that either. I'm going to go with no, she's not a Feathertail. I'm going to go with yes. I don't think she's going to stay one, but I do think she is still one right now. No, wait, because they have to hide her in the veil. No, I don't think she's going to be a feather tail. Final answer. So We agree. You would be a horrendous guest on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. (laughs) Oh, I know. (laughs) Okay, Toya77 says, Does re find out about what happened to Violet and crew at the war games? Yes. Yeah. Ooh. No. I think that's going to be another one of Violet's secrets that she feels really guilty about, but she can't tell Rhi because that would be bringing someone else into the secret and it's not Violet's secret to share with her. So I'm going to say no, but it's going to cause some at least internal friction for Violet. And finally, will book two end on a cliffhanger with Biscayeth getting called to the front? Yes. I can't wait to be horrendously wrong on this one. (laughs) Yes, but I, yes, I think that they're going to no I'm gonna mm. I already won <laughs> Brennan is alive word for fucking word so no I, that was that was not technically the case you thought the book was going to open with her saying Brennan is alive. it was not even three pages in before it was numerous times but it like wasn't the five first times thing listed. are you fi- but it was numerous times and I won that bet we already decided this. yes okay you did because I bet. got bragging rights you did win that one. Yes. Will book two end Thank on a cliffhanger with Best Guy getting called to the front? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. Okay. That's just what them getting called. Like, I imagine it being almost like a formation, like an emergency formation. I thought the War Games was. That's how I think it's going to end. You know, I'm going to stick with my no, but I'm not positive about that. But I'll say no just to have something fun to disagree on. <laughs> Amazing. We've got quite a number of disagrees on here. This is fun. I like this. It is. What Nicole and I have done here is as, you know, we find out who won or who didn't win or maybe nobody won because we just don't learn this information yet in the second book, is Nicole and I have each picked out a few things that we get if we win that then we get to assign to whatever it is that we won. And of course, we have a few things that if either one of us wins or loses, that person has to do. We will share everything in the reactions video, kind of like what that final total is And you all will be along for the ride, whichever of the bets are appropriate for bringing you along the ride for. So if I win, these are specific if I win bets. Lexi has to watch House of the Dragon because it's about fucking time. Don't like House of the... The first episode absolutely scarred me because I watched it on the day that my daughter was supposed to be born. So I'm just waiting to go into labor. And if you know, you know. And I'm scared of watching House of the Dragon since then. You know, people who have seen that show are thinking the same thing I'm thinking right now. That's all I'm going to say. So another thing, if I win, is I have to pick out your entire family's Christmas outfits this year for Christmas morning. (laughs) Wait, hold on. So our family, we have a theme for every Christmas. And our pajamas go with our theme. So are you saying that no... The Whole Christmas theme or just the pajamas because it has to be on. Oh, theme. I'm changing it to the entire Christmas theme. I'm going to the entire Christmas theme, actually. Don't know how I I'm feel so about bad. that, but okay, fine. You know, that's the first one I'm gonna fucking pick, right? I know, I know. Oh man. Okay, my last one is if I win specifically, this is a shout to all of my fellow Chicagoans out there because I lived there for five years. Lexi has to take a shot of Malort. What is Malort? Somebody tell me what Malort you, is. I know you I can it, but somebody tell me <laughs> do not tell her do not tell her let her experience it. I was in college. I'm sure I can tough out any shot that's presented to me. <laughs> How long ago were you in college, Lexi? Oh, enough for one shot will get me nowadays. Okay, so if I win first and foremost, I get a night of babysitting. That's, that's what great. I want. I love <laughs> your kids. So I'm fine. with That's fine with me. Ah, but you have to put them to bed as well. And I get to be out until midnight or so. You know, after the last time I babysat, that's actually pretty cool. <laughs> <Yep>. I know. <laughs> And then my my other two are, okay, so I absolutely loved Barbies as a kid, and I finally got to see the Barbie movie, and it brought back all the nostalgia, and I don't know if I've shared this yet, but Nicole, way back when, when we were kids, beheaded every single one of my Barbies, and it was really and truly traumatic, and we really hated each other for a long time, and so I want Nicole to buy me a Barbie, for sentimental reasons. I'm shocked I just haven't done this full stop. Like, that's a really good one. And then oh, Nicole God. needs to watch an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I will even make sure that the one episode I make you watch is a musical one. And it's not 10 hours like you're saying with the House of the Dragon. It's one 30-minute episode. No, you know what? Actually, I'm going to up this. You have to watch the one 30-minute episode. That's the musical. And then I'm going to pick out another two that will make you extra uncomfortable. What does that mean? Oh, Oh, you'll know. (laughs) Okay, so those are our specific Lexi and Nicole winners. So these are if either person wins, these are another batch that we can pull from. The winner gets their car washed. The loser takes the winner out for a nice little manicure. Loser makes dinner and watches a movie that they do not like. I don't really watch a lot of movies. So this might just be, if I win, this might be you and I sitting down and watching House of the Dragon together. Fair enough but I'm going to win. So, you know, (laughs) all of them, you're going to win every single one of these. Yes. I already got my losses out of the way with the excerpts. Now I get to shine in all my, I know that we're both going to be wrong on probably a lot of these. So the winner doesn't have to do Thanksgiving cleanup. The loser has to take over their their cleanup part of that. So the winner gets to sit there and drink another glass of wine. The loser buys happy hour celebration drinks for both couples on a date night. I love that. Double date I love case. that. That's, a, that's just a good thing we should do, just period. Right. We should really take our husbands out and say thank you for dealing with all of this. <laughs> all right. And then last but not least, the winner gets to pick the Loser's Birthday Cake flavor. Both Nicole and I have birthdays coming up in December and January, so this one is timely for us. Love that one. You do not get to pick chocolate for me, though. I don't like chocolate cake. If I win, I can pick whatever the fuck I want, Lex, so you don't have a single say in it. I also have to say, I love how invested so many of our listeners are with these bets. We've had a lot of people asking us about the statuses of them. So this is it all laid out on the table and we will share more on social posts and of course do a really quick recap there in our reactions video. And of course, we'll also be sharing in the discords as well whenever we get confirmation. Yes, absolutely. So now let's move on to some things that we really do want to see in Iron Flame. For me, it, this isn't necessarily any plot devices here, but I really just want to see a great approach to storytelling with plot and character intricacy, filling in gaps that we believe, at least, were purposefully left out in Fourth Wing. I want to see so much more world building. It give me all of the dragon lore, just all the dragon stuff. We already got a small little taste of it from Karen when they're flying back to the flight field. I want all of it. I don't know if you'll remember back at the beginning of episode one, I did give fourth wing a four out of five. And after this full deep dive, I, do still believe that it's maybe a 4.5 now, but I want Iron Flame to raise it to a 5 with its added layers of depths. I love when books solve enough mystery that it's a new experience rereading the first book, and I really, really want that with this. We also want to take a moment to address some of the people who have commented on social media platforms saying how some people are really nervous going into Iron Flame that it is quite simply not going to be as good as Fourth Wing. Yes, and We've all had so much fun parsing every detail of this Fourth Wing book and theorizing what's next. Like That's kind of what the whole fandom is based off of. But there is a question on so many of our minds. Is Rebecca Yarros capable of these kind of complex storylines and intricacies that we are all raising it up to be? This is not a dig at her. This is simply an honest question that any of us are asking. We have to remember that it is her first fantasy book and she was halfway through writing Iron Flame when Fourth Wing came out and no one especially Rebecca expected fourth wing to be this popular, to literally take over book talk the way that it has. I know for instance, I would be extremely intimidated by the fan base's expectations going into the rest of the series. So only time will ultimately tell. And no matter what I do have faith, we will be absolutely entertained and our hearts will be filled, which is, is different from being convinced we'll all have these high fantasy intricacies. But I do think that our cups will be filled, absolutely, with iron flame. So the thing that really cements for me that Rebecca can do this, it's multiple layers. She has the entire story mapped out in her office. It's on a giant, I can't remember if it's a corkboard or a whiteboard, but it's right behind her computer and she stares at it basically every single day. She has also wanted to write fantasy for a long time, but she got sucked into the contemporary romance novel, which I think she definitely still likes. I don't think it's like a punishment by any means. But it was when she was hearing Jennifer L. Armentrout speak at a conference and JLA said, write something that makes you happy. Write what you want. Life is too short. And Rebecca knew sitting at that conference that she was supposed to write fantasy. She also wrote this on Instagram when she announced that Barnes & Noble made Iron Flame the book of the year. She says, quote, this book scared the shit out of me. I wrote it while Fourth Wing was releasing and finished it during the whirlwind that followed. I cannot quite adequately explain that kind of pressure. When my publisher told me that they bound new copies Devil Wears Prada style, for a few industry professionals when Iron Flame went off to the printer, I swear I stopped breathing for a good minute. I wanted it back. I wanted to protect myself from the insurmountable expectation and my own nauseating fear that I would be a one-hit wonder in fantasy. So when my editor texted me tonight, I absolutely hit my knees and burst into tears. Thankful. Just so thankful very thankful, unquote. Now, unsurprisingly, this queen of cliffhangers herself did not tell us what her publisher said, which gives me chills and also is like, "Ah!" but we can assume based on the second half of this Instagram caption that it, it was extremely high praise. And I'll tell you, I freaking hope so. Like I've said before, I have nothing but trust for this woman that she is absolutely going to destroy us a second time with this book. Yes. So another thing that we expect to see in Iron Flame is Zayden working to get Violet back. I'm really expecting this to be almost like a slow burn 2.0. Zayden has to put in the effing work to get Violet back on his side to get her back in you know into his arms if you will and I think we're going to get a lot of Zayden flirting in that morally gray manner of his and I'm Fucking here for it. I also think we're going to get a mutual exchange of I love you, but I don't think it's going to be in the first half. Maybe even in the first two-thirds. No, I'll say I don't think it's going to be in the first half. But here is my question, Lexi. And this is why we have to give this an R rating for this podcast. How many sex scenes do you think we are going to be getting in Iron Flame? Oral counts, but just kissing doesn't. My guess is four minimum. (laughs) Four? (laughs) Two is plenty. Like two is good. You made your point. We all got the good feels. And then let's just keep moving on with the story. Two? (laughs) I think two is always a really good number for any book with a few small exceptions. But yes, two. We're adding this to the bet list. (laughs) If there's more than two, I win. If there's less than two, you win. Fine. I think I'm getting the short end of that stick, but fine. I already mentioned this, but I, of course, need to say it again. I just want all the dragon info dumps. I need to know more about the dynamic with the dragons and the Empyrean. Why are fewer dragons bonding? Do they have opposing views when it comes to the venom? And my biggest question of all, is And Darna still gold? What do you think, Nicole? I can't believe this wasn't on the bets list now that I think about it. I have a proposition for you. I know what your proposition is, and I'm (laughs) going to tell you why I don't think it's a good idea. I think if she stays golden, you and I make a bet against the book. And if we win, if she does stay golden, then we get tiny little golden dragon tattoos. Now, see, Lexi, there was another book series that was unfinished, And people got tattoos, and then they read another book in said series, and they (laughs) wildly regretted those tattoos. I, I do not believe in getting tattoos before the books are done. But if it's a tiny little golden dragon, that's innocent. Okay, so if she is gold, we get dragon tattoos, or if she's not gold, we get If she is, tattoos. if she is gold, I'll say this, if we know that she stays golden, not that she's going to change when she's not a teenager anymore, but if we know for a fact that she is going to stay golden in this series, then we do. And more than anything, and if we're wrong, then it's a nice little symbol of this journey that we've started on together. Fucking fine. Get my heart involved. Why don't you? Yes, I agree to this. I agree to this bet. Yes. I'm getting two tattoos this year is what you're telling me. (laughs) Yes. And of course, if she does not stay golden, then nothing happens. Then we just lose and we wallow in self-pity because she's not golden anymore. And that's our punishment. Amazing. Another thing that I really want to see in Iron Flame, I've already mentioned this, is all of the knowledge seeking. Now that Violet knows the truth, is she going to seek out her father's research that only she knows where it is? Like She has to, right? What will conversations be like with her loved ones as she figures out who knows what with Mira, with her mom, with even her friends and kind of feeling out the side that they would be on if they knew the reality of the situation? Yes. The other big thing, and we haven't really talked a lot about this at all, this episode, so it's time to dive in. This is our God fucking damn it, Dane, part of this podcast. And that is what are we expecting to see in this complex relationship with Dane? I have mentioned this before. I strongly believe that this next book is going to be the it gets worse before it gets better question mark question mark i can also see this being a dane major italics begins to see the light we've talked about a redemption arc for dane at length on this podcast and i'm pretty firmly in the camp that yes it is probably going to happen but do i think it's going to be the redemption arc in iron flame fuck no absolutely not violet is so unbelievably pissed and betrayed when it comes to Dane. We are in Violet's head. So everything that we are looking through is going to be through her perspective looking at Dane. I know I keep referencing this moment, but there's this moment in the Montserrat sequence where Dane gets a, oh, I'm not being told everything download. And I don't think that's going to be the last one for him. I do think we're going to see Dane getting more of those in this book, but I think he is still so brainwashed by leadership. He is still going to be under their umbrella. Could I see him starting to challenge some things towards the second half even like the last third of Iron Flame possibly but I do believe that is going to be more of a book three moment and then his redemption arc is going to come in full and he's going to die in book four. That's my guess. I just I'm excited to see this complex relationship with Dane and I'll even call it like the power dynamic and the knowledge dynamic and I do think that we might actually learn some more information from Dane like again I really do think that Violet is going to become an actress in book two with him. Dane is such a question mark for me in book two? These are my guesses, but like it, it, they are guesses. I have no idea, and I think that that's one of the things I am highly looking forward to. Is what is this going to be like with Dane? Now we know that Shitstain Dane is most likely a wingleader. We know that he's taken one out of Zayden's book and being, you know, like, eh, you ride or die here in Bascaiath <laughs> and he's being a total ass hat while doing it. It'll be interesting. It'll be really interesting to see. And we mentioned this during that excerpt, Deep Dive, is there's no emotional tie to Violet's narration for him. So that is, again, why Violet isn't expressing any even internal anger towards him at least in these descriptions. But remember, these descriptions are her narrations. So, now we've reached the end and this is officially officially the end of our fourth wing coverage here before we move into Iron Flame. And before we leave this book and dive into the unknown, we're so excited of Iron Flame. Nicole and I really want to take a moment and when I say we, I mean more specifically Nicole because she has a whole letter for it. I want to take a moment to close out our thoughts on this beautiful and exciting fantasy tale coming out of a book hangover unlike any i had ever experienced with Akatar, a book that quite literally changed my life I really just expected Fourth Wing to be a distraction. While I was quite new to book talk, Lexi and I both, I was seeing this freaking gold cover everywhere. And I knew that I was going to read it. But it wasn't until someone described it as Harry Potter meets A Court of Thorns and Roses meets How to Train Your Dragon that I actually believed that it might just be my cure for my Akatar withdrawals. And I devoured this book in two days, (laughs) multiple times in a week. And I immediately texted Lexi, who was in the middle of Akatar, that she had to read it. She had no choice in the matter. No, I did not. <laughs> now, out of this hangover now from fourth wing, I didn't have anyone to talk to with it except my husband, who after a 45-minute rant mentioned again, remember that podcast idea. And I said that I didn't want to do it alone. And it was in that moment that a light bulb popped in my head. Lexi and I had been exchanging 50 to 100 texts a day about freaking books. What if she was the answer to this question? And while I never brought it up because quite frankly, I was too scared. Lexi eventually had the guts to do so. Fourth Wing is a book that will always hold a very special place in my heart. Being in Violet's head, going on this journey through the seemingly impossible writer's quadrant and coming out on top, falling in love with Zayden, and of course, hating God fucking damn it, Dane, to no end. These are things that I will cherish and I cannot wait to explore even deeper in just a matter of days. But while yes, those are reasons that this book is a piece of my heart forever, there's another reason that Fourth Wing took it a step further. First... From this community. I don't think it will come as a surprise to any of you that you all literally sprung out of the ground to support this podcast, Alexi and I. And this came as a huge surprise, beyond our wildest dreams, surprised. The fact that you all not only listen to the show, but fangirl just as hard as we do is still something that I have to pinch myself every day to remind myself that this is real life. We've heard from some of you that you see us as best friends who you can finally talk with about the books that you love. We've heard from some of you that we've stepped into a mentor or even an older sister role in your own life. And we heard that this podcast has brought comfort to some of you through divorce, through loved ones being in the hospital, and other unimaginable hardships. We are honored that we have brought some light in some dark places for you all. The fact that we are in the position that we are and hold your trust is not something that Lexi and I ever take for granted. Getting to connect with you all through this story that we all adore and theorize about what's to come has been, quite frankly, more special to us than you will ever know. And yet, it feels like it's just getting started. But above all, this book holds a very special place in my heart for how it has brought you and I together, Lex, in a way that I cannot even describe. Sorry, I'm already starting to cry. (laughs) Lexi, you've been my best friend, my confidant, my mentor, my shoulder to cry on for many years. But I can truly say that in these past six weeks, I've never felt closer to you. To laugh with you, to fangirl with you, to disagree with you a lot, to share reviews that make our hearts swell. These are some of the most cherished moments of my entire life. These experiences have made me the happiest that I have ever been, ever. And I say that with full confidence. And so much of that is because you are here by my side. I know that we're just getting started, which terrifies the shit out of me. (laughs) But I wouldn't want to do this insane roller coaster with anyone else. Fourth wing, thank you for being the light in my dark that I didn't know I was in. Thank you for showing me how deeply I can care about strangers on the internet that I truly adore. And thank you for making a dream come true that I didn't know I clung on to so deeply. We love you. Thank you for being everything you are to us. And God fucking damn it, Dane. See, I knew I didn't need to write anything because I'm not following that. (laughs) (laughs) And really and truly, this everything nicole said about the meaning of fourth wing and it's a book that has just come to life for so many of us we are able to relate to it we are able to laugh with it we are able to cry with it and the community that this has built and as we all you know wait for iron flame and beyond too so and i now i really extra hope that andarna stays golden so we can get our matching tattoos You've really sold me on this idea. Thank you. Thank you to Nicole. Thank you to our community here. Thank you to Rebecca Yaros. We really hope you even- listen to this eventually, you know. We will get your attention someday, ma'am. <laughs> Just thank you. Biggest thank you. Now it is time to part ways. Thank you all from the bottom of our hearts for joining us on this fourth wing journey. Well done. Still crying, but it does not stop here, friends. Remember, our Patreon community is keeping the conversations going in our Discord channel. We will do a Patreon live soon after Iron Flame comes out and before episode one airs. Definitely. And again, the link to get on our Patreon is in the show notes. And yes, we have a Fourth Wings Theories channel where you can talk about all of these theories from this episode on the Discord. And then on November 2nd, we are joining Book Snarks Podcast on a TikTok Live at 4 15 p.m. Mountain Time to discuss Fourth Wing Theories. She used to be known as Crystal, but now they're gonna be coming to podcast. We've become friends with her over these last six weeks and are so excited to join her and Heidi as we all dive into Fourth Wing Theories. And then at midnight on November 7th, you can find Nicole and I at the Glendale Barnes & Noble in Denver, Colorado. We are then actually gonna go dark for a few days as the fandom collectively raids Iron Flame, Please do not think that we are disappearing. We are just going dark because we really want to balance respect for a spoiler-free experience for every reader and to share in all that is Iron Flame right now after we finish it. Please be careful on social media after November 7th, not just with our accounts, but any account until you finished the book. Then on November 10th, we will be releasing our bonus episode with our initial Iron Flame reactions. We'll start with a probably brief spoiler-free section for those of you who have not finished the book, but then we will dive into a very spoiler-heavy reactions. Then we're kicking off our weekly Iron Flame deep dive on November 20th, unless you are a dragon rider on Patreon, and then you will get it 24 hours early. This is a really common question we've received, and it is going to be the issue. Exact same format as we did with Fourth Wing. So, spoiler central from the get go. And to wrap this up, you can support us at Fantasy Fangirls by first and foremost becoming a Patreon member. Have we mentioned that we now have a Patreon yet in this episode? You can also order through our Amazon shop. You know, if you haven't ordered Iron Flame yet, go get your Iron Flame pre ordered there. If you need some Fourth Wing merchandise for the release party, we've got that. We've got stickers or go get your Fantasy Fangirls merch. Yeah. If God fucking damn it, Dane is stuck in your head, you know what you need. All links are, of course, in the show notes to every way that you can support us. And then also be sure to follow us on TikTok and Instagram. You know this drill by now. The main party is on TikTok, but the behind the scenes are on Instagram. And we are on both of those platforms at Fantasy Fangirls Pod. Now, if you've gotten this far and haven't rated and reviewed the podcast, please take a second to do so. If you're watching on YouTube, please. take a moment to like and subscribe this video and of course share this podcast with your fellow fourth wing friends it is the perfect way to get the last little bit of fourth wing before we head into iron flame but friends above all we fucking love you huzzah huzzah huzzah